everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM Sports ESPN Radio. Here ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff Cohen, so much for a quiet summer. The sports news keeps coming at us fast, and uh, with Eagles training camp about to open next week, business is about to pick up. If the callers want to join in on the conversation, they can talk a little Eagles defense with us. We'll talk a little Colin Kaepernick, a little Phillies in the second segment. British Open in the third segment. That number is 888-728-9941. Again, it's 888-728-9941. Jeff Cohen, have you been watching the British Open all week now? Is that what you're, where you're at? I'm trying. You're trying. The problem is. Hey. You're, you're trying. So we're, we're checking with our producer because he's got a little background music going for us to like kind of narrate, make us sound better, right? Yeah, and, and, and you cut off. I was trying to hear what the breaking news was. Right. We need, well, the breaking news is probably about Kyrie Irving demanding a trade or saying that he wanted to be. Yeah, traded. but it wasn't to demand it to the Sixers, was it? No, but we can talk about this in the, the second or the third segment. I, I do think that it means uh, it's just another indication that I don't think LeBron's going to be in Cleveland after this season. I don't either, but we can talk about that later. We definitely can. So you actually were following a little bit of what's going on at Old Miss. We don't talk college football as much. Uh, on the show, but you found... Oh, uh, we're going to. We're going to. So tell me about what happened to the coach for Old Miss. Well, Hugh Freeze is apparently uh, unemployed right now. Uh, what did he do wrong? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. It's an allegation. Allegedly. Allegedly, but but I'll tell you, there is a there is a uh, theme that you should follow in life, which is if you're going to fire somebody and then blame them for all your problems, you better make sure they don't have the goods on you, because apparently this all started with... Houston Nutt leaving, and then Houston Nutt having some goods on him, and which, so which apparently is that they found on his uh, cell company phone, phone a phone number for a uh, an escort. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I was so trying to find a gentle way to. There put is that. no gentle way to put <laughs> yeah. that. Um, so he has been relieved of his duties as the coach of Ole Miss. Uh, uh, there may be a place for him though. Yeah. Louisville. Louisville, there you go. So you, you think he'll, he'll come back up this Lane Kiff and end up at, at Ole Miss. Everybody just gets recycled and comes back for more. That's right. All right, we're a couple days away from Eagles training camp opening. I I get excited every time football season comes around. I just, I'm a big football fan. Uh, Does this you, weather do it? Is that it? You know, once you hit 100 degrees, you go, it's no, football season. I, I'm a winter person, okay? I don't really mind the snow that much, uh-huh. and I'm warm when I'm in a freezer. So I don't really like the heat like this. <laughs> Uh, it's why I don't. It's, go, it's why I don't go to training camp that much because I'll melt. It doesn't matter that I'm not doing anything <laughs> other than sitting there. Just getting in the sun is mm-hmm. is probably bad for my health. I'm so, are you going to go to training camp this year? I don't know if I'll make it this year. My son's a little young at five months to appreciate it. I went a few years ago uh, when Chip Kelly had just taken over. Actually, I wanted to see the spectacle of uh, the music and the the change in practice. So I went a few years ago. It was an interesting spectacle. It's practice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's practice, and so who are you, Alan Iverson? We're talking about practice. Yeah. So, but that's the. I mean, you're going, you're watching people run around in shorts and and run like fake plays and run through like being hit with pads. They're not going to run any real play in front of a bunch of public. You don't uh, think that I'm no. good enough and warrant them actually tackling? And, no. The, though I do well, think that the Eagles are going to to be more physical in practice this year, from what you've heard. So I, I don't think it'll be in the open practices. Though. No, no. Well, they won't put on a, a show. So we talked a little about the offense last week. Let's look over the Eagles' defense. Last season, it struggled a little bit. Talk well, about the 2016 but, defense. But to be fair, they finished 12th in points allowed and 13th in total yards. 
So it's not like they finished at the bottom of the barrel. No. They finished in the uh, you know middle, but top of the middle. Absolutely. That's not exactly what you want to strive for it's if kind, you want to be a Super Bowl it's team. Kind of like but, the president said, I'm not getting political, but he got 48 out of 52. Yeah, there you That's, go. You know, 44. Uh-huh. You're, you're close, just not enough. So the, the Eagles defense just wasn't good enough, and they, they made some changes going into the season. Jim Schwartz is back. I'm still not a fan of the wide nine. Um, I just feel like it opens holes that are way too big for the, for running backs in this league that have speed to get through. Um, I know that the league is changing from a so are you are you saying that the Eagles in practice won't be able to guard all their little fast backs? Again, you with the the height <laughs> of the backs. I, I, did somebody who was short wrong you in a prior life? Is that is that what happened here? That that you just can't get over short people uh, playing sports? I can't talk about it on the air. That, that's that's what <laughs> happened. I figured it out here. So okay, let's go into what's going to happen. Going back to the four three this year, Brandon Graham is he going to earn his contract? Definitely. I, I thought that he played better than he got credit for last year. He didn't get the sacks. Well, he got double teamed a lot last a year. A lot. And I think that with the improvements that they've made to the defensive line, it's going to take a lot of pressure off him. It's, they, they said that he had the most pressures of anyone in the NFL last year. He just didn't have the most sacks. I think he had five and a half sacks yes. last year. He he made an impact on almost every game. You saw plays that he made. But he didn't have the supporting cast, it didn't seem. They didn't have the defensive backfield to, to cover long enough for them to be able to get home to the quarterback. Well, we'll, we'll get to that, but I think that's still going to be a problem. Okay, let's stay on the line real fast. Is mm-hmm. Vinny Curry going to earn his money this year? What's his, what is earn your money? Here's all I care about. If I'm an Eagles fan, all I care about is that Vinny Curry and Brandon Graham can get to the outside and have the motors to try to get to the quarterback and disrupt the quarterback. I think both of them have that. And I think that it's a huge help to have the guys in the middle that they now have. They do. I liked some of the experience they brought in with Chris Long as well. Um, you know, he he understands winning. Mm-hmm. And you've got some young players on the team. You've got Derek Barnett there who's going to learn how to be a pro. I like it when you have people who have been professional and been successful in the league there to show somebody how to do it the right way. Well, Chris Long has a freshly minted ring. He does, mm-hmm. and uh, so no more. You think and Marcus, a mullet? You think Marcus Smith ends up on the team? If I'm an Eagles fan, I hope not. Oh, I hope he doesn't. Uh, th- there, there is no place for him at this point. Look, I, I'll be honest. I haven't wanted him on the team since they drafted him. <laughs> so I've never been the biggest fan. Uh, and he, I don't. Where's blame, he going to fit? Where, and where I are you going to put him on a four-three defense? I don't necessarily blame him, by the way, because it's not his fault that Chip Kelly overdrafted him. But but who cares? They even if they overdrafted him, okay, that means the expectation may have been set a little yes. higher. But at this point in your career, you it doesn't produce. matter whether you were drafted in the 18th round, the first round, or were not drafted at all. At some point, you have to have an impact, and he hasn't had an impact. No, not at all. I, the, the best thing that he's done is on special teams. Yeah, at, so at so at it doesn't matter. I mean, once you're in the league for a year, it, it doesn't matter where you were drafted. If he's not on the team, it says something about the new depth that they have because they've kept him on, one, because they picked him, and two, because they didn't have anybody better than him. Or injuries. that you got to keep your fingers crossed. Because if he's on the team, then somebody got hurt. That's right. And Bo Allen is, is going to recover. Most likely he won't start the season. Um, Connor he's starting Barwin on is, IR, I think. Connor Barwin is gone. Bye. I don't think they're going to miss him very much. He was a better citizen in the city than he was a player for the Eagles mm-hmm. and, and an advocate for SEPTA. Um, okay, let, let's go to the linebackers. Whoa, you, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. You, scout, you forgot the first-round pick. Oh, I Sorry. Let's go to the first round pick. You, you have Derek Barnett coming in, who everybody loved the pick. 
So I you, do love the pick. He's another high motor guy. But I mentioned that I like that Chris Long is going to mentor him. I mentioned him. Okay. He just didn't like what I said about him. Well, forget the mentoring. I think the mentoring will be helpful. I think it's good to have some senior leadership. Uh, but Barnett seems to have the pedigree. He seems to have the will. And I think that he's going to fit because there are some veteran guys on the line who can tutor him and cover for him. The thing that I like is, um, again, barring health and you have to qualify it, they've got some depth for a rotation. Mm -hmm. And when you're going to be constantly trying to put pressure on a team, you want to be able to rotate in fresh bodies. Mm -hmm. And this year they have more depth, again, like we talked about on the offensive line, on the defensive line. If you're looking at the, the defense and the offense, the strengths are in the trenches. Fletcher Cox. On the lines. Fletcher yeah. Cox. He's clearly the star of the defense right now. Will he play the way that people expected him last year? I think there was some disappointment that he didn't produce as people expected. Again, I don't think that the expectations because of money should necessarily guide him, but I think he produced less than people thought separate from the contract. But I year. think that was, again, because of the dearth of, of depth on the defensive line. Say that ten times fast. Yeah, you keep uh, repeating yeah. that. I think that by having Barnett come in and having Jernigan there, the fact that, as you said, to rotate all of these guys keeps them all fresh, and it gives them a chance to charge more. And I think that I think that those guys are not going to have a problem getting to the def to the quarterback because if they do have a problem getting to the quarterback, and they don't get there in three and a half seconds. It's going to be real problems for them. So you're unfortunately a Giants fan, and we'll deal mm -hmm. with that as we go through the season and the show. But if you're lining up against that defensive line with Eli, are you concerned? With the line? Yes, I am concerned. You, you think then that? I would think that a team would have to worry about the line more than they would the linebackers in the secondary. That's the strength of the defense, right? Right. Now. But as we, just, we, you and I were talking before the show, and 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 the problem is, is that this this era of football is a lot of three-step and five-step drops and just tossing it. And and then you have to rely on your linebackers. They are the second line of defense. And for the Eagles, still that's what I'd be afraid of, is because the linebackers you have are not coverage linebackers, especially Hendricks. No, Ken Kendricks, Kendricks, you're hoping that he uh, has a better season this year. There was so much hope for him as a when he was a younger Eagle. There was a lot of talk in the offseason about potentially trading him. He's here. You, you wonder how he's going to fit in this defense. I feel comfortable with Jordan Hicks, assuming he's healthy. Nigel Bradham plays well, but he seems to do dumb things off the field that get him in trouble. Yeah, and, and people are saying that he may not start the season, that there's a possible suspension. So he and, still, The NFL he and, is still looking into it. There were two incidents this offseason. He and Zeke Elliott could hang out together? Oh, I think Zeke's going to have bigger problems, and I think that's going to keep going on, especially where he's playing. So I think that the linebacking core is thin, um, mm -hmm. and and we're going to have to see what, what happens as the season goes on, whether somebody emerges. They're going to try and convert a safety to linebacker. I always worry about converting rookies um, and, and what happens with that and their ability to pick it up and cover. You know, you're going to have to trust the coaches there. Right, but, here, but so here's the problem. If your linebacking core is thin on pass protection, then what happens? You have to have strong safeties, and you have to have strong cornerbacks. Well, we have Malcolm Jenkins. I think the safeties are fine. Yeah, I think it's the cornerbacks the that, are gonna be fine. that concern you. And in the yeah. long run, you hope that Sidney Jones is healthy, despite what our resident doctor, doctor yeah. on the show said about recoveries. Mm -hmm. um, the safeties I feel much better about than the corners. I have, again, concerns about the corners. You can't turn a whole team over in a year or two. I give Howie credit for the amount of turnover that he's had 
since he assumed control in terms of making the roster in a way that he wants. Cornerback is not a position that they seem to have locked down yet. Yeah, and that usually in a defense, the first year under a defensive coordinator, you struggle. You hope that you keep a lot of the core together for the second year because then they start to, to mesh. This year is going to be almost like the first year for them because they don't have them, that many returning starters or key starters coming back. So when you have brand-new corners back there, you're going to have a real problem because you have to trust those guys. And and you can't, they're going to have a hard time going out one-on-one because they're going to be nervous about who's covering the middle. So you're going to have this if, – if I'm running an offense against the Eagles defense, what I'm doing is I'm having guys always go over the middle because it, it may make the corners pause just enough for them to get beat because the corners are going to be worried about playing a step up. That they're going to get beat on the way back. Exactly. I feel more comfortable when teams are in a base offense than I do when they're in three and four wideouts. I think that's when you're going to see the depth at cornerback exposed or lack thereof. When you have mismatches and a, re- a third receiver in the slot there that just can't be covered by uh, a player, I think that's when the, the defense is going to be exposed. And they're going to have to figure out a way to scheme and game plan to try and cover some of those weaknesses. It can happen in football. You can game plan yourself into masking your weaknesses, but that's going to come down to the coaching of the team. They definitely have more weapons this year going into the season on both sides of the ball. The question is, can the coaching staff get out of them what they need? Well, if you had the if you had the bet, who are you going to put down as your as your starting two quarterbacks? As my starting two quarterbacks, yeah. I don't think it's going to be the rookies. I think you're going to end up with Jalen Mills and Ron Brooks. I think as, it, I think it might be. I think you might have Rasul Douglas, the guy out of West Virginia. It wouldn't surprise me, but I would think he would be your third cornerback in the rotation at least to start the season. Mm-hmm. I think he would get a significant amount of plays and snaps depending on the defense in the game. But because of the speed of the game coming in as a rookie, I wouldn't be surprised if they started with the veteran, even if the rookie was playing better, just to give. So, you know. so you think by the end of the season, though, Douglas yes, will be starting? I do. It yeah. seem, they seem to like him. Now, whether he has the speed to, to cover, uh, I don't know. I'm far from the expert on that. But for everything I've read, the team seems to think that he is one of their guys. And then you're going to have to watch Sidney Jones. Now, we've talked to the doctor <laughs> who does not believe he's coming back to play this season. Uh, we'll, well see. Well, to be fair, he, he said he didn't think he was coming back to play, but even if he did it was going to be a problem. It was going to be time for him to get comfortable on the recovering. Mm-hmm. And and I think that pick was a long-term investment for this team. That's where you get kind of, you're stuck in the middle. You're making short-term investments. The process pick. Oh, there you go. That's the magic <laughs> word, the process. We'll talk about more about the process in a little bit. Can So we've, we've broken down the Eagles' defense. Can I talk to you about the process of signing quarterbacks in this league? Anyone in particular? Colin Kaepernick. Why does he not have you, a job right now? You can't right talk now? about the signing of him because nobody signed him. Why doesn't he have a job right now? Because Michael Vick said this week that it was because he needs a haircut. And I don't agree with Michael that Vick. Was, he, came, he came back and apologized later, but that was not... Now, look. Somebody somebody wiser than me asked me today, what was more offensive? Michael Vick saying that he should cut his haircut or then coming back and and apologizing for it? I, and and I, th- I think that him, it was the way he said it that really struck me. Yes. Because... He dismissed everything else. Yeah, but but if Michael Vick had come out and said, I think the reason is, is because of this and the stereotype, I still think he would have been 100% wrong. But that's not what he said. He suggested he cut his hair. Yes. 
which which makes or put it no, in cornrows. Which it just doesn't make any sense to me. The NFL is such an individual league, even though they have the helmets on, and I know the the shield and the teams. Let's face it, there are stars in the NFL. And they all have very different looks and very different personalities. And I think everybody, at least most people who watch football, are accepting of all of that. So why Michael Vick, of all people, is going out and telling somebody that they should cut their hair and that's going to make the difference? I mean, Chris Long said something this <laughs> week which was, was defending him, Kaepernick that is, and saying, look, if I can play with my dirty I think he called it a dirty mullet, um, then he should be able to play with his his hair. And he and said, it make Chris Long sense. said it was a sad commentary that actually became news that he responded about it. Right. You know, he was disappointed by that. But but it doesn't make sense. I mean, if you look at the list of backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Look, if you're you a Giants take, fan, okay? Yeah. Geno Smith is your backup right now. I don't want him anywhere near football. Geno Smith is your backup. You're telling me well, that Colin Kaepernick. Unless, unless somebody punches him in the locker now, room. I don't encourage I don't violence encourage in the locker it, but, room. But you're telling me. That Colin Kaepernick, having played in a Super Bowl, yeah. isn't doesn't give you a better chance than Geno Smith. He does. There, there's no logic behind it except. And by the way, the Giants owner was one of the people who, who came said, out and said who was honest about it. Who but it said, doesn't make it right. No, it makes it even more wrong, in my opinion. Yeah. Like he, I, I encourage honesty, person. but honesty does not mean that it is correct to do. Mm -hmm. the, the, the NFL condones much worse than somebody taking a knee during, before, or after a game. Lots of other people did it last year. Yes. So why is he the only one that doesn't have a job right, right now? I, th I think because he was the leader of it, maybe. He was the face of that movement. I think some things he said were kind of... He certainly said them the wrong way. I mean, to say that he was going to stand up at some point when he thought things had gotten better, like, who is he going to be to be the arbiter? I understand a team not wanting to make him the face of your franchise, but ultimately, don't they want to win? Look at the Jets quarterback. No, they don't want to win because they're the Jets, but they've got Christian <laughs> Hackenberg and Bryce Petty as their backups to Josh McCown. Hackenberg apparently is very good at hitting reporters I mean, with, with the football. <laughs> but seriously, how is it that – and – I don't try and get into these these deep conversations all the time, but anybody who doesn't acknowledge that there's more going on with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL than his haircut is just burying their head in the sand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a sad commentary that people are willing to accept a lot of what they do in this league, and then they're going to shun somebody who decided to voice his opinion, which is all it was. He didn't. He wasn't violent. He didn't abuse anybody. He didn't drink and drive. He didn't have a gun violation. He simply took a peaceful form of protest to take a knee. It was the most peaceful way he could make a statement, and yet he's being treated as if he's worse than people who have taken actions that are truly wrong and despicable. Well, think about it. He's He's been out of the league longer since he was eligible. He, he has never been ineligible to be in it. So, I mean, out of it. So he's out. Michael Vick got out of jail. And got back in. And got back in. Yes. Now, I wasn't for that either. but And there's a lot of people in Philadelphia at the time weren't for that. Now, I'm all for second chances. Mm -hmm. And and in the end, I think that he has tried to right some of the wrongs that he's done. I'll let other people judge that. But you're right. There was a forgiveness that was given to Michael Vick for his actions that hasn't been given to Colin Kaepernick. And now Michael Vick can go and critique Kaepernick. 
It just well, it, I mean, look, let's let's give the NFL the benefit of the doubt for now. That training camp hasn't started, and let's see how this shakes out. But if but if we're two weeks before the NFL season's going to start, and he's not on a roster because even even if he wants to be, then I think there's a real problem here, and I think that. Goodell has to say something to these owners. We will have to ask our special guest next week, Adam Schefter, about Colin Kaepernick and also Ezekiel Elliott. Apparently no decision will be made by the NFL this weekend. Dallas training camp starts over the weekend. Can we all keep our fingers crossed that he's suspended? I think that there's a lot of people in Philadelphia who are hoping for that. Look, he's trouble. I think that there are some people in Dallas that may hope for it just so he gets a message sent to him. I mean, you would think that you'd be on your best behavior at this point. You know the NFL is looking into you. They're about to make a decision, and yet you get a speeding ticket for going 100 miles an hour, and they get in a fight at a bar that's only being dropped because there isn't a witness, allegedly. Mm -hmm. So, again, in the long run, is it the Cowboys' atmosphere that's contributing it or the individuals? Well, did you hear Jerome Bettis said this week that he thought that that this is going to get worse because of the atmosphere? If you look at the Cowboys' roster, there is no older leadership now. Now that Romo's gone, their quarterback is a couple years out, and yeah. it's all a bunch of young guys, and there's nobody. To, people don't understand how important having elders in any job, especially in sports, and that you know that's one of the benefits we'll talk about the Sixers. But Elliot's got to have somebody who's going to pull him aside and say, "Hey, cut it out." And he doesn't have that. He right doesn't now. have that right now. We'll definitely ask Adam Schefter about that next Friday. We hope you join us when we have him on. Jeff, do you want to take us to break, and then we'll come back and talk more? This is The Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. When we come back, we'll talk about all things Phillies. We'll talk a little baseball, and we'll go on from there. Join us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. yesterday. If we win one today, that's two in a row. We win one tomorrow, that's called a winning streak. It has happened before. That's right, Jeff Cohen. It has happened before. You're back on the heart of sports. The Phillies have won two games in a row and will come back home tonight to start a 10-game homestand against Milwaukee Brewers. 
Will they win her third in a row and have a winning streak? I say yes. Aaron Nola's on the bump. He's pitching great. The Phillies seem to be getting it together. The middle of the lineup seems to be hitting with Nick Williams. All in right, there now. Rosie Outlook. There Somebody's excited with their you Phillies. You want me to take my glasses off? Yeah, now? you've you've got some red Phillies glasses yeah. on right now that you're looking through. Wait, now now just to curtail Mr. This, optimism uh, right the now. optimism is that they have a winning streak of three games. <laughs> three okay. Games. So I'm you're not getting carried away with yourself. Yeah, I didn't say playoffs. Okay. <laughs> playoffs. I could I could start saying yeah, that too. Can. I need a sound off for that. Okay, so this week actually some good things happen for the Phillies. Cesar's back off the DL. Yes. How does that help the team? Well, first of all, you now have a guy at the top of the lineup who gets on base. He walks. He hits for average. He's got speed. They didn't have that at the top of the line. They were using the, the most successful guy they had at the top of the lineup while he was out was Daniel Nava, which is great. He's hitting, he'll hit 300, but he's got no speed. He's not a big threat. Now you have Caesar at the top of the lineup, and that also serves the purpose of everybody else moving down and having a little less pressure and, and fitting into a role. It, it's just so such a shame that he came back and Aaron Althair got hurt because I would like to see what this lineup looked like with Caesar 1, Althair 2, Williams 3, Mikel Franco 4. Stop right there at 3. Oh, I just think that would be great. Nick Williams. Yes. Okay, so people clamored for him for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Is his success coming up in just 16 games? With 16 games with the big team, he's hitting 316 with 18 hits. He's got four doubles, two triples, three homers, including one grand slam with 12 RBIs. To the opposite field. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Is his early success legitimizing arguments from other people that – other players that are in the Phillies minor league system should be up with the big team right no, now. No, it's doing the exact opposite. Explain why. Well, because he, I hear from people, well, Williams is up. We wanted him to come up. He's successful. It means other people should come up. They're all individuals. It's ridiculous to lump everybody into one spot. And, and remember, when we had Scott Profrock on last week, he was talking about how they kind of regretted bringing up Carl Crawford too soon. And it changes the way that they play. Now, with Nick Williams, Nick Williams came over here with a ton of promise a ton of athleticism and skill, but his head wasn't completely screwed on right as far as he wasn't hustling, which, by the way, I don't know a worse city to play in if you don't do that. You can't that. play in Philadelphia without right. hustling. I mean, they'll look, forgive a lot of things. If you do it with effort, they'll forgive you. If they do, if you do it without hustle, they'll kill you. Jimmy Rollins, one of the top five greatest Phillies ever to play here, and, and he got a hard time any time he didn't run to first base. It's funny you mentioned so, Jimmy Rollins. Williams is the first Phillies rookie with two triples in a game since Rollins did it in June 24, 2001. Yeah, so, so now go back to last year. Because the only thing we heard about Nick Williams last year, other than he was talented, was what? That he wasn't hustling, that he wasn't running ground balls out, and they benched him a couple times. Not not once. It was a couple times that they did that. Now, this year he came in with a different attitude, and a lot of it they credited towards him him having Roman Quinn next to him to talk to a lot over the end of last season. And now in the off season they bring Dusty Wathen in to move up to AAA. And I've watched him as a manager from, from Lakewood on up. He he is going to be a great major league manager someday. And what he did is he sat down with Nick Williams before the season. There was an article on this a couple of days ago. And he, and he showed him video of where he didn't hustle. And he said to him, look, you have two younger brothers. I think they're 10 and 12 years old. He said, when your younger brothers see this, 
Are they going to do the same thing? Oh, he shamed them with his family. He did. And, and, Ooh, that's and, tough. And, and it wasn't just that. Nick Williams said when he saw the video, he was embarrassed by it. Well, to see yourself not giving the effort is different than not giving the effort. Yeah. And and somebody to call you on it and mm-hmm. then show it to you. I mean, the, you kind of can't hide from the truth at that point. But but what are what are his Phillies major league teammates saying about him? He hustles. He's high energy. He's he's doing it on every play, and the Phillies recognized what the weakness is. Sometimes it's your swing, and he does. By the way, Nick Williams has a hole in his swing, and people are going to start seeing it soon because he hits the low ball, and if they start throwing him high strikes, he's going to have a hard it. time. Yeah, he's going to have a hard time. And he with can't it. catch up to it. No, he's got the, he's got bat speed to do it. It's it's just he has a little loop in his swing and he's going to have to adjust. Okay. And he's going to go there's going to be a time where he goes through a slump and don't jump on him the first time he goes through a slump. But I'm telling you the hole that was in Nick Williams was in his head, not in his skill. And by keeping him down and working on that, I think that he's going to be up here for a long time and it's because the Phillies didn't bring him up too early. Is it because you're a minor league fan that you have more patience than many Phillies fans? You you seem to be of the mindset of there is a benefit to not being with the major league team as opposed to there's a benefit getting experience in the major leagues. It's an attitude that I don't often hear from fans, so I just wonder where that comes from from you, if I can ask. I, I think it's because you see, you know, before I started going to a lot of minor league games, I didn't I would look at a statistic and go, look, this guy's batting 310. He's got 17 home runs. He should be with a major league club. And when you when you start to go to minor league games and you watch what's going on, you start to understand that there's a progression to this. Like, who's the other guy they're clamoring to come up here now? Scott Kingery, right? Mm-hmm. He, he was killing it at double A. He was hitting home runs, even though Kingery was saying, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm not a home run hitter. He went to triple A. He had a great couple weeks. And if you look now... He's batting 270. He's going through a slump. So and, I've got and somebody blowing up my text message here saying they're not babies, that the Yankees, Astros, Cubs, and Brewers are doing it. Everyone's not the same. Just because Williams is a head case doesn't yeah. mean that somebody else is. So what so, do you so, say to somebody who says that the other teams are bringing players up and the Phillies aren't? Now, I know that Judge struggled at the end of uh, – they're bringing players up, but there are additional yeah. players that fans would like to see on the major league roster. So let's People just point bring to up Judge all the and the Yankees. Well, look, if you're not winning, there is a mindset among people that they would rather see them get experience at the major league against professional pitching than in the minors. Again, you ha- you seem to have a different mindset. You have a respect for the minor league system as opposed to people who just want to see them on the. So major who do, who does who does your texter want want to come up? Who? I don't know. He hasn't texted me that yet. I read everything he said. <laughs> Stop getting ahead of me here. I need him to write again. Uh, here, here's who I think it's going to be. I think the person's going to be Cousins that they're going to say. Because Cousins is about 6'6". He looks like Judge as far as his his physical presence. When he hits a ball, and he But you hit. don't think that Cousins is there yet in terms of seeing enough pitching with the off-speed at AAA. You want him to get that type Oh, I of... think he's seen enough this year. The problem is, is he's regressing again. He was a disaster at the beginning of the season. He got hot for a, about a month. And if you look at his last 100 at-bats, he struck out 45 times, and he's batting in the low 200s. Now, why in the world would you bring a guy up 
who's struck out 45% of the time. Well, Aaron Judge at the end of the season was brutal and struck out a ton last year. So there, and, and he's come back yeah, so, this year. Well, what does that mean? What the, 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 they clamored to bring him up in New York. He came up too early. And then he went back and changed his whole swing. But he changed his swing because of what he learned would be their argument. Their argument would He's be that he learned at the major AAA. leagues to be able to make those changes. No, it, that's, that's not going to. You make, just don't buy in. No, I don't. I don't buy in because I think the person that's texting you has probably never seen Dylan Cousins play. And if you—that's a you, very large assumption. He may have seen him. He may have. And next time, call in, and then we can ask these we'll have, questions. We'll have him call in another right. week. But but the, you can't just say the guys hit twenty home runs, so he belongs in the majors. And that's where I've learned patience about this. And, and it comes across to some people that I, that I'm an apologist for the Phillies. No, it's not. You it, never. It, it's that I that I've <laughs> I've seen these guys come up through the system, and when people rush them up, I remember there was a guy who years ago everybody heard through was a starting pitcher called Knapp, uh-huh. Jason Knapp, Jason Knapp, and that and that he should be brought up immediately. He was throwing 101, 102 miles an hour as a starter. Mm-hmm. I saw this guy pitch; it was incredible. But you could tell he was going to blow out his arm any second, and he did. He's never made it above Double A. And I don't know, even know if he's in the, in a minor league camp anymore. And, and now the next one is people read an article about Sixto Sanchez, who's this easy throwing. miles an hour. He, he looks he's like. He's the a, latest darling of the minor He's another pencil. He look, he looks like, as far as build, as a young Pedro Martinez. Don't jinx Sixto. The, no, I'm not jinxing him. But I guarantee you that people read an article who have never seen this guy play and are now saying, get him up here now. And guess what? He's never pitched more than 80 Do pitches and they're not the going to let him. for being impatient though? When you're not winning, it's easy to be. I don't blame you. For, I don't blame fans for being impatient, but I blame them when they, they just want to yell for the sake of yelling. And that's why I like doing this show is that we try to explain that if you're going to complain about something, have an answer to it. Don't just say somebody sucks or don't say somebody should be brought up because you read a box score. So how has Mikel Franco turned it around recently? Well, I think Nick Williams has is part of the reason. A little security I, in the lineup. I think that's part of it. And I think that Gary Sarge has been working with Franco over the last three weeks or so. And he has been preaching to him. We talked about this last week is that. Franco's hole in his swing, besides swinging out of his shoes, is the outside lower pitch. Mm-hmm. And he needs to learn that if, if you strike out looking, go ahead. You're not hitting On that, that ball. Pitch. Yeah. If you're if you're hitting that if you're making contact with that ball, you're grounding out. And if you look at him now, they're nice easy swings. And he's even hitting with power to the opposite field now. He's not pulling everything. And and I think when you take a lot of it's in your head. And I think with him, he was inside his own head. The same thing as we could say about J.P. Crawford, who's now coming out of his shell, and everybody gave up on him. If you want to talk about him for a minute. He's playing much better now. He was a disaster the first half of the season, and they sat him for a couple weeks, and they said that he did have a nagging injury, and he got out of his own head, and now he's hitting with power, which he never did before. No, he's he's definitely, uh, they said that the rest was good for him. He's much more comfortable at the plate right now. Are the Phillies going to make any trades here coming at the deadline? They, I, they should. There, there had been talk about potentially trying to package Nishak and Joseph, send them to the Yankees. Yankees made a big deal the other day, 
doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Talk that may be interested uh, by Milwaukee. I don't know who they would send for that. Who would you trade from this team right now? Well, it, I mean, it also depends on what you're going to get, but I think they'll get something good for Nishak. Mm-hmm. I think as long as Kendrick can show that he's healthy, I think they're going to get something for he's him. He's been activated. He's not in the lineup tonight, right. but he's been activated. And Brock Stasi was sent down. He so was sent down. So feel-good story. He's back down in the minors. Yeah, you can feel good uh, watching him in the minors when you go to the game. But he's not going to start there either because Reese Hoskins is the first Well, that's, uh, that's what happens. Okay, let's yeah. uh, talk for a few minutes before we go to break about whether or not Major League Baseball is exciting. Um, is it? Is it too boring for people jeff i mean i see a lot of talk now about potential rule changes make play faster all these different things what's going on with baseball are they losing an audience i mean their all-star game is still the most popular why is there all of a sudden well, this continued I, talk yeah. of change i don't think you want to judge by by, by an all-star, all-star game. game yeah but the, the problem is it's a societal thing uh, you know the the major league baseball wants to find all these different ways to speed up play and they do mound visits to me are they're just horrible. They have to find a way to cut out the mound visits. And if they cut out the mound visits, it's going to make a big difference. I think that's the big thing that they can do as well as with the pitch clock, which apparently the players don't like. But I've heard these drastic suggestions about things like change the game to seven innings. Ugh. Now, so when I hear something like that, I used to sit there and go, that's ridiculous. How could you change the game, the tradition? But I realize I'm now the older fan, and I have to realize sports aren't aren't geared towards me. I'm not the future of sports as far as as the guy that they're looking for. So you think people don't have the attention span to watch a nine-inning game? Yeah. So I turned to my my 15-year-old, and I said, so what do you think about them cutting two innings off a game? And he's like, no way. If if people don't want to watch it, don't watch it. But it's society. I mean, we have a, we have a world where we look at everything on our phone as we're walking down the street. The average, Everything's got to be the quick. average soundbite is six and a half seconds. Right. So I mean, so, I've worked in politics. I used to tell candidates, if you can't say it quickly, don't. <laughs> I I heard somebody. I don't know who it was. I'm not taking credit for this, but somebody said something which was, baseball doesn't have to speed up as much as we all need to slow down. And I don't think either one's going to. I don't happen. think either of them are going to happen. But baseball's not going away. So, so there's no point in changing it drastically. There, it, it's an interesting concept of changing it to seven innings because it. it so you don't view that as drastic because your son seems. Oh, to. I, I do. I think it is drastic. I think it's an interesting concept. I would not do it. Would you? It changes the game too dramatically. Would you bring the DH to the National League to make it a little more in a heartbeat? For and I and I grew up. Now you don't think that would make the game longer by having an additional legitimate hitter in the lineup that they would have to face no it would make me pay attention for nine batters instead of eight okay is there anything because this happened the other night we were talking about the length of the game not whether you can pay attention to batters (laughs) i mean just because you can't pay attention that sounds like a you problem not a baseball problem (laughs) (laughs) thanks i'll pay your 50 dollars afterwards (laughs) as my therapist (laughs) if if something is interesting does it matter how long it is well look Uh, if, uh, if i go to a movie if the movie's an hour and 20 minutes and it's boring as hell, I'd rather sit there through a two-and-a-half-hour movie that's interesting the whole time. I don't think people would complain about it if it was exciting all the time. And I think there's nothing worse. And it happened to the Phillies the other day. Phillies have the bases loaded in the sixth inning and the pitcher's coming to the plate. Now, you immediately go, okay, unless lightning strikes, it's time for me to go get a sandwich. 
With the bases loaded, that should not be happening. I agree that it would be more interesting. It also cuts out all the double switches and all that other nonsense. Now, you don't so find that strategy to be interesting, where they, they make switches. And... Old Jeff used to say that. N- new Jeff sits there and says, you know what? No. At this point, and what I want more you? excitement. What, what made you all of a sudden now you're okay with all of these things? Because I haven't run across people who have changed their mind as much. Normally, people are... In their camps, either they're okay with changes or they're not. It's not often that somebody becomes okay with something as they go. Because because I, I realize that things need to happen to survive, that you can't just be set in your ways. You have to recognize that the the audience, when it changes, if you don't change with it, That's very then deep. you wither. It's very deep and philosophical of you. Yes. Why don't you take us to break and then we'll come back and talk more. <laughs> this is The Heart of Sports on 610 AM Sports. When we come back, we'll be talking a potpourri of information, including some NBA stuff. Join us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. If you want to join in on the conversation, anything we've talked about already or plan to talk about in this segment, you can give us a call at 888-728-9941. Jeff Cohen, did you go down to the Wells Fargo Center on Sunday and watch the Big Three? No. No. So you weren't waiting to see Allen Iverson play in Philadelphia again? Uh, Look, I'm a lifelong Sixers fan. Allen Iverson was never my cup of tea. And quite frankly, I think that that big three league owes everybody their money back. So you have a problem with the fact that Iverson didn't play even though he coached? Yes. Why? I I have a huge problem with it. Why? Because this is not regular basketball right now. This is entertainment, right? This is not right now into a sports league. It's run by, I I forget who's the the guy that runs it, Ice Cube? Ice Cube. Okay. You should be up on that. Yeah. Your okay. son would be very disappointed in your lack of knowledge right there. His, his taste in music's older than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but but the people that went down there, now I saw when it was in Brooklyn, it was pretty much sold out. I don't know if they gave away a bunch of tickets. It or didn't look sold was, out here. But here, it looked like the top was all blacked out. Yeah, I, I saw some friends who were down there, and from their pictures, it looked like the the first level was, was pretty solid in terms of seating, but the second level, I didn't okay, see Okay, well, let me, let me ask you a question. The people that you talked to that were down there, how did they feel about – did they – first of all, did they go down there to see Allen Iverson play? 
a few went down to see him play and were disappointed. A few went down to see the tournament in general and didn't mind. Um, I think some people didn't like that he announced it on Instagram before and there was no actual formal. People didn't really know that he wasn't playing. We if, still if don't know what it. was wrong with him. The doctor said he couldn't play. You don't believe him? No. Come on. Uh, sorry. Uh, look, I've never believed. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, you're you're colored by what's happened in the past. You won't give him the benefit of the doubt here. Well, that's what happens when 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 you're not trustworthy in the past. You don't get the benefit of the doubt. And in this particular case, I don't know how much he was paid to play that there. He was not. Nobody's coming down to see Allen Iverson coach. Really? Uh, well, how much coaching is going on? I in just Big enjoy Three basketball? the fact that that the coach has to talk about practice. <laughs> I just, <laughs> well, I don't know if they have practice. I, have you seen these? Games? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really gotten into the league. For as much as I get into everything, I, I it's kind of more of a spectacle to me. Uh, I just haven't really gotten very into it. It's a retirement home for basketball players. That, that's the problem with this. Now, the Olympics said that in the next Olympics there's going to be They're going to three. have three-on-three. Three. Okay, so what I don't understand is is there are three-on-three three leagues all around America. I assume they're around the world. See, you don't get this, though. Like I, I grew up playing NBA Jam basketball. Right. It, it was two-on-two, two, like the best two players of each team. Right. So I like the concept, and there was Hoop It Up that was three-on-three at the time where they would go around the country and teams could play each other. So I don't mind the idea of a spectacle. I mind the idea of selling it as professional basketball that's three-on-three. Okay, well, I grew up watching five basketball players against five basketball (laughs) players or going outside and playing. (laughs) Okay, Grandpa, you can stop it with going outside and playing But we did have to walk five miles uphill both ways ways to get to the court. Uh, Speaking of walking uh, uphill both ways, J.J. Reddick's... Well, wait, wait, before we get there, because I want to talk about this three-on-three thing, how does this work with the Olympics? Is is this three-on-three dedicated leagues, or are we going to put together all-star teams of three and three and three? I do not know what the Olympics are thinking about with it. It's not until 2020, right, that they're doing it? I'm going to have to watch. I truly don't know what they're thinking, how they're going to put together the teams. Is it amateurs and college players? Are professionals eligible? See, I think that it should be – look, there there are street – three-on-three competitions all over the country. Some of the best basketball going. Yeah, but no, those guys are really entertaining to watch, but it's a different brand of basketball. That's what this three-on-three league should be. It shouldn't be the the Livingstons of the world that are 42 years old that are creaking onto a court. Right, that... That's not what people want to see. There, there aren't even that many, I want to see. There aren't even that many stars in this three-on-three league. There are guys that you didn't go to watch when they were in their prime. Let's talk a little more basketball mm-hmm. before we run out of time on the show. We've got plenty to talk about in this segment, so let's run through it quickly. Mm-hmm. J.J. Redick turned down more money from the Rockets to play for the Sixers. that surprise you? <laughs> Who would have thought that a year ago? Right? I, I, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, has the... The profile of the Sixers changed so much in with one, one draft year. Pick. No, it's it's more than that. It's with one draft pick. If, it, no, with with what happened this year. See, I think it started last year with Embiid. I think Embiid's personality is more the draw than the draft. Well, picks. look, I, I I agree with you to some extent, but if the Sixers would have messed up this draft, then the, it then I don't think this excitement happens. I think the trading up for the first-round pick got more excitement within right. the city. But I think for the league itself, the prospect of a Joel Embiid potentially healthy 
playing with a Ben Simmons potentially healthy. No, but what what I'm saying is Embiid is clearly the highest upside. Embiid, if he's healthy, is going to be not just a star in Philadelphia. He's going to be a star all over the world. As long as he stops catching baseballs in the outfield at (laughs) at home run derby. Yeah, get somebody. But but Redick showed us that by the Sixers showing that they were serious by moving up to get the first pick, that teams were saying, you know what, I want to come play here because you got all this young talent and and Brett Brown. That's and I think that's coach. I think that Brett Brown has had a demeanor here that I cannot imagine having after everything that he has gone through. I just remember but, a few years ago when he talked about how he was coaching gypsies. <laughs> <laughs> Different player yeah, on the but, court but, every but even night then, for a 10-day there, contract. Th- there is there is a calmness to him and an intellectualism to to him that that he seems to project outward, and now players around the league want to come play here and play for him. Speaking of that, there is a recruitment ongoing that I have no idea if it is legitimate or not, but now Mike Trout is tweeting that LeBron James should come to Philadelphia. Is this serious? By the way, is that the most vocal that Mike Trout's been about, about anything? anything? Is this serious? I didn't know he had a Twitter account. I, I did not realize that we were recruiting LeBron James and that he's taking pictures Shh, with Ben Simmons. We're not allowed to. And, that might be a violation of league uh, rules. Uh, is this for real? I don't know. Uh, here, here's what I know. This is not the first time Joel Embiid recruited LeBron James to come here. No, not at all. Right. But the so, relationship with Ben Simmons is interesting. Yes. They they definitely have a relationship there. We'll talk mm-hmm. more about that in coming weeks. I do want to talk to you about Golden State. What are they doing with their tickets? <laughs> I, 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 can, I could not read their statement with a straight face, and I read it about ten times. So what what they want to do is they're getting a new stadium in Oakland. Private financing. Private not financing. Not public financing. Understood. And I'm not saying that anything they're doing is illegal or, or or anything like that. All I'm saying is this is it's gotten out of control cuz now what they want to do is third you get you have to buy a one time with a one-time fee something that you will get back in 30 years. So if you want to buy a season ticket to the Golden State Warriors, what you're going to have to do is give them this large bucket of money. $15,000 for about 12,000 seats. Half of the tickets will be 15000 And it gives you the right to buy a ticket. And in 30 years, you'll get your money back. You know what that's called? An interest-free loan. They'd prefer to call it a membership. <laughs> they would like you to use their lingo. So how is this when different it, than, when than personal seat licenses in the NFL? Uh, it, it's worse. It's it's just it's further out because a personal seat license technically when you sell your tickets somebody else buys them. This thirty year scheme, it's just shameful. At some point these teams have to stop. At some point they have to. You can't just keep taking money from people, and they will. Well, they will. They've got forty two thousand people on their waiting list paying a hundred dollars a year right now to be there. So if people give up those tickets, it looks like somebody's going to be there to to pick it up. Few other things. Nike is doing away with the home and away jerseys. Yeah, now, be... you, now you can. That means you can buy more jerseys. That's right. Yes. it's off. And they're going to have four for each team, I guess. Did you watch the summer league after the Sixers were out? No, I didn't watch the summer league once Markel Fultz was out. ESPN ratings were up 128 percent. Did you see that championship trophy too? I did. Did you see that ceremony? Did you, did you not laugh? Much, did you see how much tickets were going for for the Boston Lakers game? No. So or, tickets originally were 30. 
for fifty or two hundred fifty VIP tickets. It sold for eight hundred dollars originally. We're going for five thousand one hundred and fifty dollars on StubHub. Would you pay five thousand dollars to go see a summer league basketball game? I wouldn't have paid five thousand dollars to see the Showtime Lakers versus Larry Bird Celtics. I, I, I see, that, and I, I look at the price of tickets all the time, and I, I just. I, I just could I I could not believe that they had a a ceremony and a big trophy it's for ex- winning the summer league. Exciting stuff. When, they sold out years ago. They could barely draw. The Lakers were a big draw out there, and Lonzo Ball made headlines with all the triple doubles. Uh, you got to give it to him. Uh, uh, look, I give I give credit to the NBA. So the next question that I have is, could you at least make them wear like nice jerseys? Okay, couple minutes left. Can we talk for a second about McGregor and Mayweather? If you want to talk about it, that's fine. Look, I'm a boxing fan. I'm a UFC fan. This I get it. This is not it. a boxing match. I get it that they're trying to sell stuff, but I could mm. deal without the racist and homophobic taunts. It's just, I don't need that. It doesn't make me want to buy it. But here's the thing. It wants me to buy Look, I don't want to buy it anyway. I got I got issues with, with Mayweather. Um, <laughs> and I don't know anything about UFC, but, but it... it the things they were saying to each other and the way that they're behaving. I cringed. This this is like old-fashioned wrestling with Jimmy Snuka and now, did I just date that's myself? that's not fair because I like old-fashioned wrestling. Yeah. So don't go there, okay? I like current wrestling and old-fashioned wrestling. But and that, but but old wrestling was... A spectacle. Was ent- it was entertainment scripted. Yes. Th- this is supposed to be a sport. It's, this is not a sport what they're doing. It's like in Rocky when they had Hulk Hogan play Thunderlips. This is basically the same thing. You got a wrestler and a boxer in a, an exhibition. Clubber but, Lang's coming out. So Bovada's sports book actually said that because of what happened on that tour... Yeah. They think it's drawn more attention, and there will actually be more betting on this fight than they would have on the Super Bowl. Why would you bet on this fight? I have no idea. It makes no sense to bet on I this. have no idea. I wouldn't bet on this fight. But you could probably get some good odds if you want to take McGregor right now because they're trying to get even money on right. it. Right. So if you think that that's, that's a chance they're going to happen, go and take it. Okay, last few minutes. You watching the British Open? I am. I love watching the Open I was surprised by the weather yesterday. Beautiful weather. That's not what you normally have over there. Well, but then I turned on the TV today, and there's 25, 30-mile-an-hour winds with downpours. And squeegeeing water off the greens. And that's when I'm happy that I'm watching golf on TV and not playing golf on a course. What has your attention going into the final weekend? I think we have some stars. I think we have a lot of storylines, and granted, we don't have Phil Mickelson in this, and I, that really surprised me because I thought really blew up when he said he wasn't putting the driver in the bag. I thought for sure he was going to win because that's that's what kills him is that, is that he always tries to hit a driver 400 yards. Thursday was the first time he had a birdieless round since 1999. Yeah. Then he followed it up with a seven over today. Yeah. But I don't but, think that's going to make the cut. No. Well, they, they say it's five that's projected to make the cut. So yeah, I don't he was think a plus 10 to. last time I saw. Yeah. So and he's but, just not going to do but it. But you have you have the young star in Jordan Spieth. Who's leading? Brooks Kepka, who people don't know, but he he's a really good player. But then you have Matt Kuchar, and Matt Kuchar, when he was coming, you got up, like a little man crush on Matt Kuchar don't on the you? Cooch. Yeah, Why? where does that come from? Uh, just seeing him play, he he's always been a classy guy. I don't know and, anybody else who has this crush, so I'm kind of fascinated <laughs> no, by it. I I no, if you go to a golf tournament, and I've I've been to a bunch of them. When you go to a golf tournament, he's one of the most accessible people. The kids love him. So he, he treats you everybody like him with because respect. he was nice to you. Oh, he wasn't nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm going to get a drink while the kids are trying I'm to get autographs. I'm just checking and making sure. <laughs> uh, Jordan Spieth makes it look effortless. Yes. He is so good to watch. You think he can hold off? He had an eagle on 15 today. Ended up giving a stroke back. Uh, was at seven under, even in the bad weather. Mm-hmm. Um, really playing with a lot of confidence right now. Uh, do you think he can hold on through the weekend? You got you got Roy McIlroy not too far back. You, you've got some players on the leaderboard. You've who, got Ian Poulter in there who who can go and try yep. and close. Mm-hmm. And so uh, let's hope it makes for an exciting weekend. Yeah, I, I want a close tournament, and I want Jordan Spieth to win or Matt Kuchar. Okay, what surprised you so far, other than the weather being good the first day? Mickelson. That, that's what surprised me. So J- and Jason Day seems to ha- – I don't know if there's something physically wrong with him. Remember, he had a pretty serious back problem a couple years ago and kind of fought through it. So there's a possibility that he's not telling us that he has a back injury because he's not the kind of guy to complain about it. So it, it, it's really a shame. I, I mean, Jason Day is another one of those guys who could just be a star. So are you going to have your, your Matt Kuchar jersey on? Does he have like a golf jersey? Shirt? Do you have like a Does he have like a golf shirt that you can wear? No. Like his branded shirt that you can throw on. No, over I'm the still weekend? wearing Greg Norman shirts. Will your you wife like throw you out of the house if you're doing that? <laughs> she likes them. She, she, she's there <laughs> with you. Okay, we've got a final minute. We're pretty excited about next week's show, so we wanted to talk to you real fast. And we, why is that? Because we're going to be joined by uh, ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter. No, that's not the way you introduce him. So you tell me how you introduce him. Oh, Michigan guy, right. <laughs> blah blah blah. I'm not playing the fight song for him. You're, Ooh, are you more excited? We have got to get that before. Are you the show. more excited that he's coming on to talk about the NFL, or that he's a Michigan alum like you? Both. Both. I'm more excited <laughs> that he's coming on to talk about the NFL. Uh, we're going to have some great information for our listeners. Talk about Eagles training camp. Talk about the start of the NFL season. Talk a little bit about the NFL off season. What's gone on? Big question. Do you want to get answered next week, Jeff? What do you want to know? I don't know. It's got people have to tune uh, in to listen. That's right. I'm not. I'm not giving it away now. Final comments before we say goodbye. Anything left to say, or have you left it all on the field? I think I'm just hot. You're spent. You're mm-hmm. done. Thanks everybody for joining us this week on the Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night when we've got Adam Schefter with us. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Go. Blue. This is Jason Springer from the Heart of Sports. Start your weekend with me and my co-hosts Jeff Rutberg and Jeff. Co-